Hey guys, I want to send a little update. I'm just out in the park with my phone. It's a little bit windy maybe and there will be some background noises, but I couldn't be bothered to sit down and grab uh, podcast material and everything. So just going to go for it and there's no uh, editing or nothing. So it might be a little bit scattered and all over the place. Um, anyways, it's December 16, 2022, which is a really interesting date. I just realized because... Uh, uh, it's exactly 20 years ago that um, my grandma gave me a ring for my birthday, which was then half an hour late, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I, always, I always used to love rings and wearing ling- rings from a young age. And she would give me, she would give me this, this sweet, like, the thin, like a thin ring uh, and, um, for my birthdays. But they always used to break. So I ended up breaking them within like a, a month or two months or something. So then, December, um, December uh, 16, 2020, uh, two, or two, 2002, there we go, we went out to, uh, to the city and she got me a ring, like a nice sticker, solid one, which was <laughs> very comfortable at that age, uh, I remember. But um, she, that was the last ring she gave me as well, before she passed. And it's interesting, it, you know, I'm, I'm, it makes me realize we had a very good bond and we had a very good relationship. And when she passed, or right before she passed, she was in the hospital of Gouda and uh, she put a hand on my shoulder and she told me that she would be an angel on my, on my shoulder and an angel on my side, uh, protecting me wherever I go. And um, earlier this year, so that... I want to take you back also to earlier this year, which made me um, made me think of uh, you know connecting the dots sometimes a little bit. And um, so earlier this year, I went Bob and Ito and some other guys, which I'm not going to introduce you to. I introduced you to Bob and Ito in the first podcast, anyways. But Bob and Ito and I, we went to Africa, to Togo, Western Africa, and it's a very high risk uh, area for malaria. It was an awesome time, very, very hectic. I'll send another, or I'll, I'll make another podcast for, for the malaria times then um, and, the, and the Africa times and the road trip. Anyways, what we, the trip was traveling around the country on a dirt bike and it's very hectic, a lot of gear, uh, very little space, very little storage room, uh, like very little bags and everything. And we camped out in hammocks and, and we made our own food on the way. Or we tried to at least make our own coffee and uh, try to find water <laughs> and make our own food, which was a disaster. We, oh, no, we didn't even really make our own food. We just tried to get food, but it was all like sardines in, in tomato sauce and it was pretty hectic. But <laughs> we'll dive into this one another another time. Um, we got home and uh, I started going back to work and somewhere during the day I started feeling like very very bad my joints started aching and my muscles started aching got a headache felt dizzy and nauseous and um all these discomforts and um then I called the doctor usually I wouldn't but then I had a feeling like because it was getting worse and worse and worse and I got to the point where I felt so tired and so so uncomfortable that I was like this doesn't feel good at all like this this can't just be some like fever or something um 
So I called the doctor and I told her about the whole malaria or the Africa story and the high risk malaria area. And we didn't use any drugs for it or something like no malaria drugs or shit. And uh, so she was like, okay, I, I, I need to send you to the hospital straight away. So uh, I went home, mom picked me up and uh, brought me to the airport, uh, to the airport, to, uh, to the hospital. And it took hours and hours waiting in, in some fucking <laughs> isolated room. Uh, they were taking heart, like heart, what's it called? Like heart scans. And I don't know what tests they did because I was, <laughs> I was completely out of it. My mom started to worry a lot. She was, because normally, you know, I was very tired and, and, and not very, or not at all. I didn't say nothing, which is very unusual for me. Like it's very untalkative, if that's a word. And um, then, well, it took a few hours before we got to, na- got mm, escorted to another room where they took blood tests and then it took another few hours before they came back with the result and the result was indeed that I had malaria and I kind of started laughing because it's like well that's a good sign and at least we know what's going on and then the doctor is like no man this is this is this is some this is deadly and I was like well you got a recipe for it right and like you know what to do right isn't that true and then um they all started freaking out which was weird it's kind of that made me a little bit uncomfortable because they started noticeably freaking out and getting nervous and they started dropping shit and then they wanted to, to escort me to another place so they got me up to a level I don't know it doesn't really matter they got me up somewhere to another level and in another uh, in some room and as they're escorting me to the room which I didn't know then but my but mom told me later that mom started to get really worried because she brought me they brought me to the room that my grandma passed and that my grandma that uh, you know the story that i just told you with uh, when she put a hand on my shoulder saying that she protect me and they put me in the exact same bed um so uh they told me i had to stay there for for a few nights for sure over the weekend so mom went home to get some food because i'm i'm a i'm a sassy little boy i don't like hospital food <laughs> So mom, uh, mom got me some nourishing food instead. And as she as she was driving back, she she shoot up a little prayer like, "Mom, please don't come get him, and uh, please watch over him." Like, "Mom, please don't like," because she was just very frightened and very very worried because she'd never see me that way. And uh, like also seeing like observing all the doctors and and nurses getting really nervous from someone with malaria and not really knowing how to what to do which was a surprise to both of us that definitely freaked out my mom as well got her worried so uh anyways three days later or something heavy medication whatnot uh, i got out of the hospital i lost probably like uh five or ten kilos no at least five kilos and uh it was very weak and i was still sick got out of the hospital i did recover uh fully recovered did another blood test to for to check recoveries and everything and everything was all good um anyways two days after i left the hospital i went to help mom to clean out the office and um uh, her office was uh i wouldn't say messy but it was very it was pretty full on <laughs> it's a lot of like a lot of air uh, archive in a lot of lot of boxes with books and photos and photo albums and or like photo folders and uh just loads of things <laughs> so i put up i i uh 
And I stuck up, like I put everything in my car. <laughs> there we go. Put everything in my car, loaded it up till the, till the roof, which isn't very unusual. And um, I drove home, took everything out, put everything in the house. Day after, I need my car to take it away somewhere. And I want to clear out the, or I want to check the space in the back because I had to put something inside. And there's a little paper in the back of my car. So I wanted to throw it out. I pick it up, turn it around. And, it, and it, it is a photo, like it's a small, like a passport photo of someone that I think I didn't know. And I go like, hmm. So I walk inside, my parents are there. And I go like, hey, do you guys know this lady? <laughs> and my parents go like, yeah, what? That's grandma. That's crazy. And that was, that was pretty wild. That was pretty full on. It was in a younger year, so I didn't, I didn't recognize it. And it was like, how on earth is that possible? Like, there's just so, so many coincidences. And um, I don't know, I like to think that I think as a um, society, we've kind of lost, I think generally lost, um, you know, maybe a, a, a belief or a a vision or a trust in some in some things that we can't see but i like to think that uh, grandma's watching over me and uh especially now and like also in this time i think it's just good to have that idea in the back of your of your mind to give you some more courage and and hope and and all of that and and trust that things will work out as they should so uh that i'm refer referring to the passage from from in, uh, from australia to indonesia which uh, might be a little bit tricky, a little bit more tricky than, than things I would usually do. And I think, you know, Bob, I, tonight we talk about it as well. We got some questions here and there, like, aren't you guys scared? And maybe you guys shouldn't do it, this and that. And, uh, but I think we're, uh, we're feeling, we're feeling pretty comfortable. We're doing a lot of research. We're, we're, we're studying, um, or at least we're <laughs> researching into what to do, what not to do. We're talking to loads of people. It's amazing how many advice we've gotten from um from different kinds of people and different different presence as well like to take on the boats so from uh i'm in byron bay at the moment in australia east east uh, east coast of australia and chip i'm staying with chip and ash which are two amazing people amazing friends who i met six years ago and i stayed with them or five years ago something like that and they've become really dear to me and uh, close to me uh and uh chip is harvesting his honey for us and uh giving us tips for what to do on the boat and what to take and like everyone's coming from a different perspective and then Ito's family and Ito's friends gave him presents like presents like needle and thread to to recover the sails or even even a small flag of Rotterdam to hoist or like little things you know but very thoughtful thoughtful things which I think we all appreciate a lot and also advice and then Bob's Bob's uh, one of Bob's mates, he gave us weather charts and um, uh, meteorology, so to like learn how to, uh, or like a book on meteorology, so to learn and study weather patterns and uh, star navigation. And there's just so many, so many people from different angles and different backgr backgrounds that are uh, supporting us in that sense. So that's really, really awesome. Um, anyways, I can't remember what I was. <laughs> what I was initially saying, I think, about the boats. And it's just really cool how things are, are naturally flowing together. Because um, we've got, I would say everyone's got their own task a little bit. Well, Bob had a task, but he, he managed not to do it. He managed not to have time for it. <laughs> he was gonna do some getting into spearfishing because we're all brought spearfishing gear and 
you know, um, we need food or <laughs> we don't have a fridge. So we have a kitchen without a fridge. So we need to take care of that too, but we'll figure out a way. We're, we're thinking of getting a good professional ice box loaded up with ice. Um, but it'd be good to have some, uh, um, I mean, it's the boy's dream, right? Surfing, fishing, sailing, sounds pretty good. So Bob was gonna, gonna be the fisherman and the chef. Now he's a chef, he's an amazing chef. He's taking care of that for sure. He just didn't have time for the, for the spear fishing, but I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely manage to get there. And he's working his ass off here in Byron Bay to uh, get some money together for the, for the passage. Um, so I was initially planning on sending an, or, or creating an update every week. That didn't really work out. This is probably three weeks later than my last, from my last update or my last podcast. It's been really hectic getting uh, things together, finishing work, saying goodbye to friends and family and packing up my, my um, packing bags and everything because a lot of stuff and some unusual things had to be packed and I had to store, you know, sell shit and and empty empty out my room and everything then uh about a week and a half ago i went to greece and from greece i went down i flew down to singapore in singapore i met aito we spent a day around singapore which is awesome by the way singapore is so it'd be so beautiful so clean uh surprisingly clean and quiet for a big city um then aito went up to darwin up in Darwin is where Lotta is, uh, who is the sailing yacht, <laughs> which is the sailing yacht. I went out to Melbourne, visit some friends. From Melbourne, I flew up to Byron Bay, where I currently am, and uh, spending time with Bob and Ash and Chip and other friends uh, surfing. And uh, Chip is teaching us natural beekeeping. And, um, and uh, yeah, maybe we get to harvest a little bit of, of honey for the boats. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I have an amazing chat catching up with them. Really nice. Bob is staying here. I'm flying to Darwin in two days from now. And then from Darwin, well, we have Aito and I, we're going to have one week to clear out the boat, um, reorganize it. He's already up there. I feel partially bad for him. <laughs> He's out there by himself. And he, he got there three days ago. And it's like, it's 35 degrees up in Darwin. And he, he from the airport, he took a taxi straight down to the, to the port, to the marina. And there was no one. He didn't have no key, he didn't have nothing. But he sold Lotta, he sold the boat. And he was like, okay, that's, that's the one. And <laughs> at least it's there because we didn't, we bought it without seeing it. We bought it without, without see, actually seeing the owners. We FaceTimed and stuff. And they're very, they v- feel very generous and authentic and real and everything but you never know of course so he got there and then well the boat was there lots i was there he got on board and then he tried to open the door because he wanted to get inside but he he was trying to pull and pull and pull but it's 35 degrees and you can't get out in the water it's in the jungle it's humid uh and he couldn't get the door the door to open and he started sweating his ass off so then uh, he didn't manage to open it and he had to, he had to flee to the grocery store to go to the AC to cool down a little bit and to give it another shot. So he came back from the grocery store and uh, then he figured out he had to pull the door. So he pulled it, he opened the door, he got inside and it was the biggest mess. Like it was the, just the biggest mess and, and, and yeah, just biggest chaos inside. So he's been 
spending a week now to organize stuff and talking to people and um i don't know exactly what what he's doing i feel like he's probably on a secret mission <laughs> and um so i'm flying up to support him keep him company mostly uh do some more research then we're flying back to cairns cairns on the east coast northern northern part of australia but on the east coast then we'll meet Glenn, who's our gatekeeper. He's the one that's gonna, gonna help us to teach us to sail because we don't even know how to fucking hoist the sail. So uh, <laughs> he's gonna help us um, teach us to hoist sails and to uh, how to create good nuts and everything and, and to yeah, just generally learn how to move across water in the direction that we want to go. Then as we get to Cairns, Bob will, uh, that's the day after Christmas, Bob will be there as well. And then we're all sailing from Cairns to, down or up to Darwin. Darwin will jump on our boats. We've got one week there to, to set up our boat and get ready for the trip. And then with Glenn, uh, Glenn's, uh, Glenn and Glenn's boat and a mate of his and us three and Lotta, we're uh, making the passage to Indonesia, to Lombok. That's where we got to clear in. That's the plan. So... Um, Think I'm gonna leave it with that for now and uh, thank you so much again for tuning in we'll have an update sooner I'm sure um, enjoy your day <laughs>